0: Welcome to this Niche Audiocast. My name is Will Patch. I'm the Senior Enrollment Insights Leader here at Niche. Today you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen on the go. You can find all the resources that are mentioned as well as the original recording on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz slash insights. Enjoy. So a little bit about the survey. This is our second year doing a grad searcher survey. Uh, This year, we had just over 6,300 responses. Uh, We did bump up uh, the survey time period this year compared to last just based on some feedback from exactly this. We did a webinar, talked to people afterwards, uh, and and there was a desire to have the data a little earlier than we did. So instead of doing the May 25 to June 30 like we did last year, we bumped it up mid-March to mid-April. Uh, Back in 2021, uh, we had 5,800 responses. You can see that that time period changed. So hopefully, again, if you have any feedback about that, uh, this has to be tactical for you, right? It it doesn't do me any good to collect this information. It's helpful for me if it's not helpful for you. A little bit more. uh, One of the things we asked was gender identity. Uh, I show the comparisons here. The CGS stands for the Council of Graduate Schools Benchmarks. So we had slightly more female responses. Uh, fewer male now we do provide more options as well Uh, gender non-binary other uh, and then it's optional we don't require um, some of these demographic questions so seven percent chose not to respond as well so Uh, in terms of race or ethnicity uh, again we provide a lot more options than the council of graduate schools so you'll see things won't match up perfectly there African-American or black responses, 22% versus only 12%, so it was a little more diverse in that respect. Um, Similar, you can see the full breakdown there. Uh, We break down, we have a a large list um, of Asian ethnicities, and so those who had at least 1% represented, we broke out for analysis on their own. Otherwise, just kind of got lumped together because too small of a sample size wouldn't be very meaningful. Uh, Overall, a lot of options here. You can read all this, we'll get the slides out later. Uh, I don't think you need me to stand here and, and read you all these. Uh, in terms of what programs they were looking for, we provide a list of options based on last year's responses, some write-ins add had significant numbers, uh, what we're seeing in terms of user behaviors on Niche as well, in terms of what programs people are searching for. Uh, so we, we built that list and then we allowed write-ins as well if they didn't see their program in there. Uh, and so any program that had at least 1% uh, of the total responses as a write-in, uh, we did actually pull out. And so you'll see some of those at the bottom, social work, architecture, speech pathology, uh, and then data science all came in as write-ins this year. So good options there. Uh, in the full results, you can actually see a breakdown of each one of these programs. And it'll tell you where the searchers for that program differ from the whole pool. So rather than last year, and this was a piece of feedback in last year, Uh, We did a full basic write-up and and analysis for every program. That's a huge undertaking. So instead, what we did was look for here's overall what people looking for graduate programs uh, are doing, considering, behaving, uh, and then we looked at individual programs. Where do they differ? So if you read the full analysis, you'll get that. If you're recruiting specifically, for example, a nursing uh, graduate certificate program, um, that's where you could then dive into, here's where my specific students are are behaving a little differently. Okay, we're going to jump right in. I've got five insights here. Uh, one, I actually actually pulled uh, and, and used a different one because someone I think must have been looking at my notes and asked the exact question that I had as one of the insights. Uh, so I, I guess really you get six instead of five because I pulled an extra. Uh, so 33% of graduate searchers are looking for programs that are outside of what their undergraduate degree was. So that's something that's talking about, you know, I I majored in one thing for my undergrad and now either right after or maybe years later, I'm going back to study something else. I wanna change up my career. I wanna look for something else. Uh, This is a great opportunity for uh, providing some opportunities for post-bac work that helps prepare them for that graduate degree. Uh, If it's something that has a lot of prerequisites, Uh, You know, things like, how do we actually make sure someone's ready for this program if that's not their undergrad discipline? So in terms of, now I showed you overall what people were looking at. In this case, I just did a look at for each of these programs, what percentage of people looking for that program said that they did not major in that as an undergrad. So these are people who who are switching up their emphasis. Data science and, and law are the two biggest there. Data science, sixty-four percent of people want to get that degree without having that as their undergraduate emphasis. Uh so that's something to think about. If you have a data science program, how are you making sure someone's ready for it? For example, if they were an English major, if they were a psychology major. How can people break into that field? You know, do you have a requirement that you had to have done something like that in undergrad? Or are you allowing people to come in and uh really make it uh, a change in their life? Are you making an easy pathway for someone who wants to get into that? Uh, Some of these are going to be much harder. So nursing, for example, a lot of people want nursing, but not a lot of people want a graduate degree in nursing uh, who didn't already do that undergrad, which makes sense, right? If you're going for a graduate degree in nursing, most likely you study nursing. There's a lot of prerequisites. There's a lot of work. It's not something you typically break into at the graduate level. So Think about some of these. If, if these have uh, sort of your, your stamp on them in terms of what programs you offer, are you making it easy for someone to transition into that program? Are you opening doors? Or are you saying, nope, you already have to know it before we can teach you anymore? So second insight here, that program reputation. So how well known is your specific program? Or is that that degree within the college? That's more important than the universities overall when we're talking about grad schools. So 37% of students said that the program is more important than the university reputation and only 4% said the university is more important. So this was interesting to me because if you have an unknown program at a well-known university, that's not necessarily a selling point. Only 4% of students said, yep, that's what I'm looking for. Whereas if you have this great, so I would call it a tent pole program, this thing that you can hang your hat on, everybody knows it, but maybe they don't know your university as well. You're a smaller institution, you're a regional, but everybody knows you know, your, your program. They know you for that specific thing. That is a selling point. So think about how you're doing that. Is that with third-party proof points, student reviews, student storytelling? Uh, you know, If it's something in the, in the business realm, You have business leaders talking about how great your program is, uh, even though maybe you're not household name institutionally. So this is a great one, especially for smaller institutions to really look at what can we hang our hat on. You know, you don't have to play the underdog if people know you for that program. If that's something you have proof points to, to talk about how great this program is. Okay, next insight here. The usage of online resources, so where students are discovering new programs online, far outpaces on campus and in-person resources. That's where they're going. This was something that that shouldn't come as a huge surprise, and yet there's still such an investment in the on-campus events and all these other things, but that's not necessarily where students go to discover a program. They might want to go to learn more, to meet someone, to build a relationship, but to just figure out what all's out there, they're going online. So in terms of how they're actually uh, finding new programs, 90% of searchers said that they did online searches, going to Google, they're going to DuckDuckGo, they're going to Bing. You know, That's where they're starting that search for new programs. 77% used search sites for grad programs. Um, majority of those are using Niche. Um, we are the, the largest platform there. Uh, but there's a number of, of grad school search sites as well. Uh, 57% said that they were using social sites, um, which was interesting. That's much less than on undergrad, because on undergrad, 74% of students said that they are looking for new programs um, through social media. So a significant drop off there. And another big switch, the big two, uh, when we're talking about search sites on the undergrad side, are Instagram, YouTube. LinkedIn, far and away, is the most used for grad programs, though. That's 31% of students said that they used it, which should tell you something too, that 31% is the the clear leader there. They're using a number of sites. But if you're going to be looking for grad programs and you're looking for how can we get our name out there and, and you know, where are we going to organically build some word of mouth or maybe throw a few ad dollars at, LinkedIn could be a resource there for you. Uh, 50% said the online ads help them discover a new program. So that's sort of a 50-50 there. Uh, You know, how are you getting their attention? How are you targeting them? That's what you should really be looking at there. A well-targeted online ad can find the right student who is actively searching, not not just someone who is looking up something completely unrelated. Uh, On campus, by comparison, 66% said they use their current faculty. 53% use career services. So going into that career services office, talking to them about grad school options, you know, drop off there. 46% said that events on campus helped them discover new programs, and only thirty seven percent we even we even cheated a little bit here with recruiting fairs because I gave them the option since this past year has been a little crazy of course, not a lot of uh, fairs um, you know that that's something that we we gave them the option of either in person or online still only thirty seven percent said they used fairs. Um, Janet has a good question here for social LinkedIn is the clear winner on grad undergrad it's instagram and youtube uh but on grad linkedin second most if i remember correctly is facebook so uh, you know again grad has such a wider age range as well Uh, we had people in their 60s and 70s looking for certificate programs looking for things that they can kind of keep active keep going with professional development all the way down to high school students who are looking for grad programs now to decide where to go for undergrad uh, especially with professional programs, that's a big one. You know, they're looking for what their what that grad degree is going to be in and where that's going to be before they think about undergrad. Okay, fourth one here. The only concern. So we asked them about what concerns they had about their about their search. The only concern that the majority of the grad searchers expressed was that of being able to afford their degree. Can they actually pay for this degree? Uh, and that that's not a big surprise, right? We see that on the undergrad side all the time. Far and away, biggest concern, can I afford it? Is it going to be the right fit for me? Of course, but, you know, if it's the perfect, my dream school, my dream program, I love the faculty I'm going to be working with, but I can't pay for it, you know, that kind of shoots the deal uh, before it even gets going. So when we look at overall concerns, uh, you know, number one. Majority of them, and the only one the majority said was affording their degree. Uh, we drop down quite a bit there to choosing the right program. So, and that one's always interesting to me because uh, when we when we ask, well, how do you define this all this? Uh, we do a similar thing on the undergrad side of I want to find a good school. I want to find a right school. They almost always put it in quotes then because I I think even students and searchers can say I don't I don't really know how to define that. You know, you'll you'll know it when you see it, but what is the right program, right? So helping them understand all aspects of how this is going to fit into their life, how it fits into their goals, uh, but helping them kind of see that, well, is your program the right fit? Is it not? Here's what you're looking for. Here's what they're looking for. Do we have a match? Uh, you know, so overall, definitely want to address these concerns early in outreach. Really, preferably address them on your site. So if someone is is in their grad search and they're saying, you know, I don't know if I can find a job using this degree. I'm really excited about it. I really want to do it, but you know, is that enough? Well, having right there here's career opportunities, here's pathways, you know, something that can really highlight how that degree is usable so they can turn that passion into a return on investment. You know, as much as we hate to say that, students do see it that way as well. Um, so address down their site you know, one of the great quotes, uh, if anyone knows Ryan Togren at University at Buffalo, um, we I, I had him as a guest on the podcast recently, and, and he had a quote that I love to use now. The first question a student asks is usually not the one they want to ask. So don't wait for a student to come to you and say, "Here's my concern, here's my problem, here's what I need." If you address it first, you're getting in front of it, and you're addressing things that maybe they don't want to ask, right? Let's get in front of these and give them answers to the things that might be scaring them and might be barriers before you force them to actually ask it. Uh, one interesting note here too, when we looked at the the type of degree, professional program searchers, so the ones looking for your MDs, JD, PharmD, uh, OT, all the, all those acronym soups, professional program searchers were the most concerned overall. And the majority were unsure if they'd be academically prepared, which was an interesting one, Uh, They were also the most concerned about meeting admissions criteria, being socially and emotionally prepared for grad school. So that's something that's really interesting to me. You know, we see the same thing on the undergrad side. Uh, I'm Sorry if I'm drawing too many comparisons there, but 4.0 students on the undergrad side are also more likely to say that they're not sure they're academically ready, right? So there's that difference between confidence and reality, right? So showing all students, regardless of whether you think they need it or not, what support systems there are. How do they balance all this? You know, Overall, 99% of respondents said that they do have concerns about the search process. All right, last one here, events. You know, I, I'm hearing from people who are saying they're gonna pull back on virtual events. You know, I think that's a mistake. Don't abandon online events because that's something that they're still looking for. We still want that blend of on on campus and online. You know, the other thing too that was interesting, the the grad ser- grad searchers did want longer programs than undergrad peers. So if you're someone who's designing for both, don't think of it as a one size fits all. You know, overall, 59% of respondents said that they want to attend virtual events. 57% want to attend in person. Not a big difference there. It's still a slight majority. Uh, ten Only 10% said that they would not attend a virtual event and only 11% said they would not attend an in-person event. So provide ways that can reach an audience regardless of what they're looking for. Um, in terms of the length then too, 37% of respondents said that events less than 30 minutes are their ideal. So if you have all your events, 45 minutes, hour, hour and a half, You're cutting people out there. They're going to say, you know, I don't want, know that I want to make that big of a time commitment. 56% said they want events to be 30 to 60 minutes. Only 7% said that they want events to be over an hour. So if you're doing these hour and a half, two hour events, you know, they might grin and bear it. But make something that can be a little punchier, a little tighter. Uh, You know, if you have to break it down into multiple shorter events, not a problem. Especially if afterwards, they can watch it on demand. They can find your events on YouTube, watch it later, then have an easy call to action that they can come back to your site, chat with someone, build a relationship, but don't force them to sit through hour and a half, two hours of events, right? Um, What do they want to hear about? What's important in the outreach? Well, financial aid shouldn't be a big surprise. Number one thing they want to hear about application requirements, you know, are they going to meet the criteria? What are the career opportunities after graduation? You know, where are they going to go afterwards? Application deadlines, new programs, and specializations, and then we see a drop-off there. You know, that's the things that they really want to hear about. So incorporating those into either specialized events or making sure they're peppered throughout your events is a great way to really engage them, hook them, and make sure that, that they're going to get their questions answered and get excited about you. That's the big thing, right? Just answering their questions is one thing. You want to get them excited so that they choose to apply later, so they choose to become advocates for you and tell other people about this great idea. You know, maybe they're not going to enroll right away, but if they can come back and talk about this great experience, this great event, the school they're excited about, you know, that's someone who can help pull more people to you. Okay, we have a number of submitted questions. If you have questions, please drop them in the chat window there. Uh, we'll get those uh, answered afterwards here. So. First up, and I love this one. This was the one actually that was one of my insights I pulled out uh, because this was a great question. Glad someone asked this. What programs are up and coming? You know, are graduate level certificates gaining market traction? Sort of a two part question, so I'll give you a two part answer here. In terms of trending, you know, we see education programs uh, raising slightly. Overall, we didn't see big changes from last year, right? Education went up slightly mba less interest fine performing arts slightly less interest Um, the significant write-ins that we had that we actually pulled in because they all represented one percent of total responses or more architecture so that's up from last year of course because it wasn't even an option last year data science social work and speech pathology that was a really interesting one to me Um, for whatever reason master's programs doctoral level programs And speech pathology, there was a raising interest there. Uh, Certificates, that was the other other part of this two-part question. Absolutely, that was a big jump, a fifty percent jump from ten percent of searchers saying they wanted a certificate program to fifteen percent. And that makes sense if we think about how people are consuming so many things. They want to be bite-sized. They want that quick professional development. You know, I don't know that I want to commit two years, four years, six years, but if I can learn a little bit at a time. I can start stacking some of these, especially if you offer that as an option. How can I prove that I'm learning, growing, developing? Certificates make sense there. Masters, decrease in interest there, down to 63% from 73%. Um, doctoral, down to 13%, from 15%. Not a huge jump. Professional, huge spike. Only 2% of searchers last year said they were looking professional programs, 9% this year. So that was something that you know, it's not all when we say professional. I don't want you to think all just health sciences. Think law as well. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that these longer programs. There is an increase in interest. Okay, that was a great one. Second up here, what insights or trends are you seeing in terms of interest levels for online versus hybrid programs? Uh, I, I cheated a little bit and I threw in person in as well. Uh, so we gave them basically three options here. I'm only considering this. I'm considering some programs that are this. I'm not considering any programs like this. Uh, so I broke it down by degree type as well because I figured someone would ask that, right? Uh, well, at certificate level, you see in person still very popular. All those formats, though, are popular. You're going to capture a wide audience there on certificates, whether it's in person, hybrid, or online. You get there into masters and across the board. You know, the more it moves to online from in-person hybrid to fully online, the less appealing it is. The more people you're losing with masters, you're seeing that decline, doctoral programs. And then with professional, less than half of people say that online is appealing. So, yeah, there there's definitely some interest there in terms of online. But, you know, it's hard to beat that in-person interaction. We've seen that over the last two and a half years, right? it's hard to beat that in-person interaction. You can do a lot of things online that you couldn't otherwise. You can interact with people you'd never see normally. You know, you can you can build a wider cohort than who can get there in person. But boy, it's nice to be able to just sit down and have a conversation too, right? So that's something that, yes, there is interest. But if you are, if I'm starting a new doctoral program, would I rather have it be online hybrid or or, or fully in-person? Boy, I think probably fully in-person or hybrid. I mean, if you go fully online, you're cutting out all those people that want that face-to-face. So, all right. What's the difference here and what's important to grad students who attended in-person versus online? Now this is, instead of intended, I would say it's our searching for, um, but this was an interesting one. So I dug into the numbers here um, and this next slide might look a little messy, but we looked at in-person, where do we have differences between those who say they are considering programs versus those who are not considering those programs? I only looked for where do we see st- statistically significant differences. And this was really surprising. I thought it wasn't cut and dried. You know, I expected more of a sort of if-then relationship of what's more important to in person is going to be less important to online, vice versa. But we have to remember there, like we saw on that, that last slide, there's a lot of overlap. People are considering both in-person and online. They're considering both hybrid and online. Uh, so we see this overlap. So overall, in-person, they're more likely to say that career outcomes are very important. You know, They wanna make sure they're getting that investment for actually being there. Uh, faculty quali- qualifications are much more important. There's a big difference there. Uh, location was much more important. Again, student life, not surprisingly, more important. Uh, price and this was an interesting one price was more important for graduate certificate searchers but less important for doctoral and professional i don't have a good explanation there you know the it's maybe maybe the difference there is that you know price is just more important for for certificate students because if they're going to move for a short program or if they're going to have to go in for a short program they really want to make sure that it's a lower cost option That's just a guess, I don't have a good answer there. Uh, With hybrid programs, taking as many classes as they want, each session, taking sessions off, that's much more important. Uh, Credit transfer is more important. Current faculty opinions of that program are more important. Rankings and reviews are more important and scholarships are more important. I see a theme here with these first few especially, it's about flexibility, right? Hybrid is very flexible, people who want that option it looks like also want more flexibility in general in terms of how they take classes how many they take can they transfer credits in and out so that was a that was an interesting find online it was pretty much a wash across the board that uh, people who are considering versus not considering online programs behaved almost identically in every way there are only two differences uh, scholarships are more important for people looking for an online program they expect more scholarships from the university uh, and the length of program was less important. Whether that's because they're more likely to take classes part-time, uh, or they just don't have to move or go anywhere, it can fit into their lifestyle. You know, that's, that's just the way it turned out. So, how can we best help international grad students? Uh, overall, they didn't behave all that differently. Uh, so number one, first and foremost, transparency. Be clear about what the programs, what programs you offer that they can apply to, what the requirements are, what's different for them as an international student. Right up front, easily found on your page, what's different for international students, if anything. If it's not, be very clear about that as well, so they don't have to wonder. You know, just be fully transparent and help them if they're going to be moving there, help them get there. If not, make sure they're clear on the expectations for, you know, do they have to log in at a certain time? What time zone is that? How does that fit in for them? Just transparency. Okay, next one here. Under the education uh, programs and sites, so those looking for education graduate programs, uh, the report says that small cohorts, so those less than 10 students, were the most appealing to education searchers with 18% saying that was their preference. But how many prefer non-cohorted programs? Well, overall, with education, these are specific to education programs, 25% said they had no preference on cohort size. Um separately of that, uh, we did also ask do you prefer cohorted programs versus individual individualistic programs? Overall, individualistic programs were not very popular. Students wanted these cohort environments. They wanted sort of that collaborative environment. 18% of education program searchers said that they wanted individualized programs, they're on their own, not in a cohort. Um, uh, so there's there's sort of an answer across the board. Cohorts are very popular. What are the top performing inquiry generation tactics for grad recruitment? Well, this was a survey of uh, grad searchers. So, you know, I think the top performing would have to survey grad programs uh, and get data about conversion rates, things like that. But I will say this, um, you see right off the bat here, we already looked at this once, online searches are number one. So the best thing you can do, strong SEO. Make sure you're performing well for searches. You know, if you're looking for and you can do this with a number of free tools um, you know, or you could just go to google go to bing do some searches and see where you show up um, you know look at where do you show up for different terms about your program if you're not in the first couple three options improve your site you know that that's the number one thing make sure that you're showing up well for seo um, also then because they're doing these online searches having well-targeted, and that's the emphasis there, well-targeted search ads. You know, you're not just targeting everyone, you're looking for, uh, you know, either remarketing, which is absolutely the best way to do it, or don't buy your own, don't buy your own branded keywords, so don't buy University of niche accounting program. You're wasting your money there because people are already looking for it. Um, So find what works for you in that mix, grad school search sites, you know people are going there. We know that people are are signing up and requesting information there. Um, you know some of these other ones, influence the influencers. So get in touch with faculty, let them help provide you some easy access to students, and say, hey, here's our new programs, here's what's exciting here, here's what your students can expect, and build those relationships. Okay, how is and will Gen Z impact graduate enrollment? I'm I'm not a fan of this. Well, this this generation behaves this way because they are such wide age ranges. So for example, Gen Z right now are anywhere from about 10 year olds to 25 year olds. I'm not going to say those two groups behave two ends of that spectrum behave alike in any way. Um, I think the big things there and and I threw this into millennials. People always like to complain about millennials. I'm a, I'm an old millennial, Uh, you know, 25 to 40, you know, does a 25 year old really behave the same as a 40 year old? I don't think so. Um, you know, other overall, rethink, uh, you know, rethink how you're framing this program, whether that's, um, you know, is it more bite size with certificate programs that can stack to a degree? Is it, you know, we'll change the pacing so that this fits your, your lifestyle, your schedule? Is it more bundling of like four plus two programs, things like that? Um, you know, rethink your your grad offerings as more of an accredited high-touch professional development you know that's one way that might really fit into their their lifestyle and you know i want to graduate i want to start right away those students easy pathway always has been but for these people who get out start working you know how do you get them back in and make sure they're ready to go to get that certificate master's doctoral so okay any questions, you can drop those in the chat. Uh, my contact info is there. More than happy to, to chat uh, more about these results. Uh, if you have feedback, I love making this better every year. So, any thoughts you have about, well, did you think about asking this type of question? You know, I think that it'd be good to frame things this way. That's how we get better every year, right? That's why we bumped up the timing of the survey. That's why we added a couple questions this year. Uh, to see this and other research, I can find it all at niche.bz slash research. That's the quick and easy way uh, to the Enrollment Insights blog, specifically to the research section.